Hello, and welcome to episode 68 of My Circus, My Monkeys. Today, I have a question for you. Are you making your job more stressful? The answer is most definitely yes. Now, that being said, the amount of work we're asked to do is a bit ridiculous. So this episode isn't about how you can actually get that incredible amount of work done, but rather, what are the things that you are adding to your own plate, unbeknownst to you, and how you can stop that so that your stress can become more manageable? So stay tuned. You're listening to My Circus, My Monkeys, the podcast for supervisors in education or any field that emphasizes growth and development. If you want to reign in the chaos and transform your team to better serve your students and clients, keep listening. This podcast explores essential information on supervision, employee engagement, and using a strengths-based framework to empower you and your team. We'll examine the latest research in psychology, neuroscience, education, and beyond to help you and your team get to the next level with your host, Ann Brackett, the Chief Engagement Officer of Strengths University. So working in higher ed is stressful, especially if you're a supervisor. There are pressures all around us, administration, our supervisors, faculty, students, parents, etc. And we often feel like our time and our decisions are not our own. And we think, if I just didn't have these external pressures or demands from these people, my life would be relatively stress-free, or at least not as insane as it is right now. But what we don't think about is how our own talents, systems, and stories might be getting in our own way. Now, I know I've talked about stress and how our talents might be stressing out ourselves or other people around us in other podcast episodes, but Alicia and I just presented at two conferences a session called DIY Stress, colon, how you're making your job even harder. Our jobs are hard. I don't think anybody's going to argue that point. There's a lot of stress on us, but we ourselves are adding to that stress. So I wanted to break down this topic for you in a new way. So first things first, chronic stress is bad for us. It's not just theoretically bad, it negatively impacts our ability to make decisions, to be creative, and it absolutely 100% prevents growth. It prevents you growing as a professional, it prevents your team growing as professionals, and it prevents students from growing. And that's like their number one job in college, right? Is to grow and develop. And that's not even factoring in the negative impact it has on our health. Unmanaged stress absolutely makes us a worse supervisor. We have less patience, it takes us longer to do things, and we make short-sighted decisions that often have to be fixed later, which means more work and more energy. Stress is a physiological process. It isn't something we can think our way out of or push through. We need to do everything possible to reduce and manage our stress. Now, one way we often add stress to ourselves is with our talents. 
Now, how, you may ask, are talents are supposed to be the thing that gets us ahead in life? Let's break that down. What do I mean when I say talent? Talent is a naturally recurring pattern of thought, feeling, or behavior that can be productively applied. And that can be productively applied is key. When we use our talents productively, or as Gallup puts it, the ability to consistently produce a positive outcome through near-perfect performance in a specific task. They are showing up as a strength, but our talents can also show up as weaknesses. It's strange to think that the things we do best and come most naturally to us could work against us. But when we over or underuse those talents or we don't support them with the right mix of knowledge and skills, they do just that. In other words, they are not being productively applied. Now, when our talents show up as weaknesses, it usually causes us more work, frustration, time, and energy. I've given some of these examples before, but I'll try and mix it up. Folks who have responsibility as a talent theme are just that, responsible. But often the sense of responsibility expands far beyond their actual responsibilities. Those are the people who constantly volunteer for things because other people haven't volunteered to do something, at least not quickly enough. People with responsibility often feel like they are the responsible ones, and therefore they have to take on these things because if they don't, who will? But it's not just responsibility that can act that way. Any talent theme can. Take Wu, or the ability to connect and talk to anyone at almost any time. These folks love talking to their employees, to students, etc. As a result, they set up their offices to entertain guests and are great at keeping conversations going. Unfortunately, when left unchecked, this often means people are in their offices all day long and they can't get any work done. This therefore means they're staying late, they're coming in early, or they're taking work home. Now, these are just two examples, but I want you to think about how are your talents showing up for you? How are they adding work to your plate that wasn't there before? Another problem that adds stress to our plates are ineffective systems and habits. Habits are typically associated with people and are focused on one particular action. Systems are simply a set of connected things or devices that operate together. That could mean a set of habits that operate together for one person or departmental procedures or cultures that impact groups of people. For example, what is your system for self-care? That is, if you have one. What's your system for communicating with your team members? What's your system for running your staff meetings? If you work in admissions, what's the system for contacting and keeping in touch with potential students? Or if you're in res life, what's the system for training your RA staff? It's very possible your systems are getting in your own way. As James Clear brilliantly states in his book, Atomic Habits, you do not rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. So let's break that down. Everybody has goals, right? You got some goals for yourself at work, in your life, for your career, with your family, etc. Your team has goals for the group and individually. But simply having goals doesn't get you where you want to go. If the system you have for getting there isn't aligned with your goals or there's unnecessary steps, you're not going to achieve your goals or 
you're going to put in way too much energy and time into getting there. For example, perhaps you have the goal of helping your team grow and develop professionally. Now, that's in part to make them better at their jobs now, but also to prepare them for their next step, right? That's a great goal. But what are the steps to making that happen? Do you meet with your team regularly? Or do you mean to do it, but you never quite get those meetings scheduled? Or you do schedule meetings, but you're constantly having to cancel them? Do you discuss their job performance on a regular basis, as well as their aspirations, so you can actually develop an action plan? Or do you talk about their talents and how those talents might help them move forward and how they might be holding them back? Do you see how having a system to support your goal is so crucial to help you get where you need to go? Now, the previous example, I would say, is probably something that's more on your wish list as opposed to something you're doing on a regular basis. And that's just because there's seemingly so many fires to be put out or, quote, more pressing matters, unquote, to deal with. But this is important for every goal we set, whether it's institutional or personal, whether you think it's a priority or whether you think it's something that you might have to get to later. So take retention. That's probably one of the most important metrics after enrollment, right? We all want to increase retention, or at the very least, not let it decrease. But what are we doing to get there? What are the things that you're doing, the programs, the daily activities, the interactions you're having with students to get you there? Are they working? Many of us are so busy that we can't take the time, or rather we haven't taken the time, to assess what we do and if it's effective. So my guess is that most of you don't really know what's working and what isn't. It's just a huge list of things that you feel like you have to get done. And the problem with that is that we keep trying to add things to our plate to move those numbers without even knowing what's already working and what isn't. That means we're often wasting energy doing things that have zero impact on the ultimate objective And so is your team. You simply do not have the resources, and by that I mean time, energy, personnel, budget, to do that anymore. You need to assess your habits and your systems to make sure they're aligned with your goals so you stop wasting energy and time. Finally, there are, oh my gosh, that's so hard. Okay, finally, there are our stories. Those are the things that we believe to be true about the world, but in reality, they may not be. Some of the stories we have help us get where we want to go, and some get in our way. And just like your habits and systems, you need to start questioning the stories you've taken for granted for so long. That includes asking things like, where is this story taking me? Is this story productive, aka is it getting me where I want to go, and is this story even true? A great example here is, quote, someone needs to do this and no one is stepping up. So I guess it has to be me, end quote. Does it? Does anyone need to do blank? Sure. Whatever it is, maybe everyone's agreed that that would be super helpful for students or super helpful for the team, super helpful for retention, whatever. But what is the worst case scenario if no one actually does that thing? Will anyone die? For the most part, no. 
Now, ironically, shortly after I sketched out the podcast, I actually spoke with an administrator at a college where two students did commit suicide earlier this semester. And you'd think that would have made me just take that last statement out. But if we're being honest, multiple students being so stressed that they commit suicide is most likely a result of ineffective systems, which need to be addressed. That being said, sometimes there are no signs when someone is suicidal. So it's not even a, you know, as much as we put that on us, like, oh, what did we miss? What, what systems do we not have to support our students? Sometimes there are none. So it's not even an issue of, oh, we missed it. Because there was nothing to miss. The student didn't communicate with us. There were no signs. And sometimes even with all the support mechanisms in the world, sometimes students just won't ask for help, which is, of course, awful. And it's so terrible that that school had to go through that. But either way, it does not mean that somehow you or your team are now personally responsible for the lives of every student at your institution. There's no way that that could be feasible. And realistically, all of our students could use more support. I mean, we could use more support, right? But in general, if you're going to college, you're already part of a fairly privileged group. And this story about, well, I need to do it because otherwise no one else will, also somehow puts the believer of that story into the mindset that they are somehow completely responsible for the welfare of every student or staff member on campus. Is that realistic? If everyone else stopped caring or doing their job, would that mean that you personally have to pick up the slack? Our stories make us believe that we're obligated to do certain things that may not be in our best interest. It may not actually help us get where we want to go when we consider what our goals are. If we don't start picking those stories apart and really assessing how they impact us and how we want to live our lives, we're going to keep giving ourselves extra work that takes up our valuable energy and time. In reality, what we're responsible for is to do our best. Now, sometimes that best doesn't accomplish everything that everyone would like, considering how much is asked of us. But to ask more of ourselves simply sets us up for failure and more stress. And like I said before, when we're under constant stress, it's our worst self that shows up. So to sum all this up, what we're really talking about is becoming more aware of things that are currently on autopilot, how our talents show up, the habits and systems we use to get through the day, and the stories that motivate us to act. Looking at all those things may seem undoable right now because you're so stressed, and that's valid. But the problem is, leaving ourselves and our teams on these potentially ineffective and inefficient autopilot settings just keep us in this constant state of stress. Basically, nothing's going to change unless you change it. There is no magic fairy of higher ed that's going to come down and bing, everything's better now. You actually have to dig in and make the unconscious conscious. Become aware of these autopilot settings and how they're actually impacting you and your team. Now, you don't have to do everything at once. That would be completely overwhelming and you would have some choice words for me. But pay attention to one thing that frustrates you and or one thing that frustrates you and your team, and start there. Often just by fixing one thing, 
that can bring you more energy and motivate you and your team to make other changes. And really, that's what this is about, is more effective management of your energy, which is going to lower your stress. Now, if you're still feeling underwhelmed, nope, if you're still feeling overwhelmed and you feel like you need support as you begin this process, we've just opened registration for our Spring Supervisor Strengths Institute. We have eight weeks of online content, including homework, most of which is self-reflection, nine group support and accountability calls, and three individual support and accountability calls. It starts Tuesday, January 11th, and runs through March 8th, hopefully just before spring break for you. During the Institute, we'll help you begin the process of assessing your talents, systems, and stories, in addition to working through many other important supervisor issues. We'd love to see you there. If you'd like more information, just visit our website. I put the link in the description of this episode, but it's www.strengthsuniversity.org backslash Supervisor Strengths Institute. So whether you choose to be a part of the Institute or not, remember, taking the time to assess your talents, your systems, and your stories, even though you feel like you have no time, by doing that, you're going to give yourself time and energy back, and it can do the same thing for your team. So until next time, stay strong. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as other episodes, on our website, www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. As always, Alicia and I are here to support you as you reflect on where you are and where you want to go. One great way to invest in yourself and your team is to join us for the summer cohort of the Supervisor Strengths Institute. We are revamping the Institute this summer to make it even more manageable for your busy schedule. It is the same great content, but we've condensed it so you can work through each week's modules and start implementing change even faster. We know that life can too easily get in the way of you staying on track, so we've also added a bonus for everyone who completes all eight weeks of learning. You will get an additional 60 minutes of our time, and you can use that for more individual coaching, a short team session, or to receive a discount on a longer team workshop. Our Summer Institute starts on May 28th, Go ahead and register now. Check it off your list. We want you, your team, and your students to shine their brightest. And that starts with you. So join us for the Summer Institute using the link in the show notes. Or if you have questions about the Institute or other services, contact us at Anne, and that's A-N-N-E, at strengthsuniversity.org. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as other episodes, on our website, www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus. 
If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.